BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hello, Doug Mellard. Hey, Doug Benson. Been too long, buddy. Yeah, it's been a while. A few weeks. We're finally back. <laughs> Having a draw. Guess what, though? What's up? Our guest today is an actual Doug. Whoa! That's also been a while. Yeah. I don't know a lot about him. He was recommended by Danielle Koenig. When she was on, his name is Doug Cairo. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> uh, he's uh, looks like he's you know done some interesting work with some interesting people in show business, and uh, let's just get to know him together. Let's do it. Let's see you and I. We're gonna we're gonna go meet a new Doug. <laughs> let's go to work. Well, there you have it. The uh, the theme song that I don't get to hear sometimes. I, I didn't hear it that time either. That was a yeah, first isn't that time. weird? Isn't that trippy? Yeah. <laughs> did our guest hear it? Did Doug, Doug, did you hear it? I did not. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to trust that it played because we certainly sat here quietly during the amount of time it would take for the theme song to play. Uh, hello, Doug Caro. Hey, how's it going? Great to be here. Nice to meet you. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes, yes. It's uh, Caro, even though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you? You thought you got Doug wrong. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really that would be really dumb on a show called Wide World of Dogs if I couldn't even say Doug correctly. <laughs> um, well, uh, thank you for joining us. You were. Uh, you might be the first guest we've had on the show just based on a recommendation. Uh, we had a terrific guest on the program named Danielle Koenig. When we asked her about Doug She's Known, your name came up in, in a very positive light. Oh, well, that's very nice. That's very nice of her. She's great. Yeah. Okay. So good. You know who she is. I, yes. You know, <laughs> sometimes people might be like, I don't even know who you're talking about. That's how great. Uh, you are is that people are just talking about you. You don't even know them, but you know Danielle, and uh, yeah, and we trusted her and uh, reached out to you to be the I, I guess maybe the fourth or fifth Doug on this show. We've got, been going for over a year now, 
And uh, we gave up on having Doug's on because they just uh, either weren't, weren't interested or weren't interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird club. It's a weird club, I have to admit. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange club to belong to. So let's talk about uh, what you do for a second. Since we're all meeting for the first time, of course, Doug and I, uh, Doug Mellard and I are both stand-up comedians, but you're a, a producer and a writer who's worked with comedy giants, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan O'Brien. And um, this is the thing that really caught my eye, is that you were a producer on Olympic Highlights with Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg. Yep. Yep. That was, uh, that was, uh, a wild one. Yeah, I bet. I wrote, that's what I, that was my question for you. I just wrote down fun gig. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, and it wasn't, it was, uh, interesting to get windows into these highly, uh, uh, different personalities. A lot of what I do is persona driven POV based. I create shows for people based on their point of view and just, kind of run the weeks, usually the weeks past news through that person's perspective. And for Kevin uh, Hart and uh, Snoop, it was kind of like an, uh, a, an odd couple. And uh, it was the same off camera as it was on camera. I mean, they like each other very much. They got along, but it was like Kevin Hart has the hardest work ethic I've ever seen in this business. And Snoop Dogg would, you know, totally funny, real guy, but also would be like, you know, he'll smoke and then he'll do TV when he's in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, it's amazing sometimes how smooth he can be when you know how uh, effed up he is at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you, you've worked with Snoop more than once, actually, right? Yep. Uh, did a show with him called uh, How to Be a Criminal, which will be coming out this February ish. It, it's a it's a panel show. They watch clips of dumb comedians and him and uh, comics kind of just kind of roast them. And then we do some fun extra stuff too. little sketches, a little bit, something you don't usually do on a clip show. We actually interview the people in the clips. So it's it's fun. Oh, wow. Where is that going to be? Peacock. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We just got done with Peacock October. It was an exciting month. Because <laughs> Because Peacock, they got their hands on the, you know, uh, led all the legends in uh, horror movies and were showing those all month. You know, they had, they had all the uh, Mike Myers and Jason and, uh, and Chucky. Um, but now we're in November. I don't know what, I don't know what Peacock's going to do. I don't know what, you know, Peacocktober is just sitting there, re you know, ready, ready for the taking. I don't know. Play Planes, trains, and automobiles on repeat, twenty-four seven. Right, just but you know, bunch of movies. November of... doesn't sound great. <laughs> Everybody's just grateful in all the movies. Yeah, that's the theme. Everybody's just grateful. Oh, that is good. That is a good, good theme. A cornucopia of entertainment. <laughs> uh, but. That's that's on them. We don't need to worry about their marketing, but I'm excited uh, to see that show. And also, do you think a person, if they just watch the Olympic highlights with Kevin Hart and Snoop, uh, do you think that those would be fun to watch now? Like, even though the Olympics are long over? Uh, I think so. I think uh, partially because nobody watches. all. In some ways, it's just a clip show. Um, 
for part of it, part of it is a uh, talk show. I had these, uh, when I was at Conan, we had this guy come on all the time and uh, his name was Stephen Ho. And he would like teach Conan martial arts. It was a real fun segment. And uh, uh, I've stayed in touch with him. We kind of became buddies. I mean, the guy has worked with, like, he was a Ninja Turtle. He has been in <laughs> like, everything. He's a, uh, he trained um, Brad Pitt for Troy. Just, you know, really just, just, and he likes comedy. So it was a little bit like, uh, you know, I like your thing. You like my thing. So we just stayed in touch. And uh, he has these two twin sons called the Twinges. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, hey, you know, you want to do anything with them? And he's just kind of like, well, what if we do one of my segments? But they run it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So the these two little nine-year-old boys came and just started busting <laughs> Kevin Hart and Snoop's chops. And they called Kevin Hart a pussy. I mean, he was really funny. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love that. Um, what about you, Doug? Growing up with the name Doug, how did that, uh, how do you feel that worked out for you? I mean, I think, uh, I don't remember when I chose to be Doug over Douglas, because my parents would say both. Um, but uh, it, it more so affected me later in life when, you know, and, and, and I've listened to this podcast and, you know, it's a little bit, you know, you've got the when you go to order. The you issue, know, yeah. people just, just get amazed at the different ways they say your names. But I guess there is kind of a, when you're younger growing up there, I mean, there's a, a identity choice to be made because Douglas is such an uppity proper name. In <laughs> and Doug is just like a grunt, for, at least for lower register voices like myself. Right. Yeah, it's a hard one to, to pass along in a loud environment. Like uh, when someone asked me my name for the first time in, you know, in a nightclub or bar or something, I, I just already, you know, get a little sad that it's going to take a second for them to figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> like well, it never seems to work on the first try because it's just, it's just like you said, it's just, it's just a noise. It doesn't sound like a name in those circumstances. When, when I order, I'm always Douglas now because I just, it's, it's clear. Cause you say, Doug, Doug, Doug. Then you say Douglas. They go, Oh, <laughs> oh you know, all right. So. That's a good story. Uh, I might try that. I was also thinking of just going with next time they ask me, I'm just going to say, and they say, what's your name? I'm going to say, it's Benny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please. <laughs> you got to do a Melly Mel sometime. When you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do I do it in that voice? Melly Mel. Just, yeah, just see, write down Melly Mel, please. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's just, uh, it never ends with the, uh, I, I just, the other day, some, somebody somewhere for when I got my order called, said dog out loud. She called me dog. And, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so used to it. It doesn't, it doesn't really buy. It's pretty funny usually because, uh, especially in the case of dog, just cause I, I do love dogs and, uh, uh, you know, so it's not that insulting really. Did you ever, <laughs> Uh, so you went Doug, 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 Douglas, like, I, I feel like the, the, uh, friends, you know, the people, the friends you make, uh, in the formative years, in your school years, uh, kind of decide, you know, if you're Doug or Douglas. And so most of the time, I think most Doug's don't 
don't really, you know, they can't hang on to the Douglas unless they take it like into the business world or something. Right. You know, like as a producer, you could be like, it's Douglas Caro and no one's going to be like, well, we're going to call you Doug, whether you like it or not. Uh, <laughs> you know, for comedians, they're just going to call us Doug. You know, it's not up to us. Yeah. I you know, you know, even if you say, call me Douglas, it's just, that's just a, a Sisyphean, Sisyphean uh, effort there because they're going to go back to Doug, you know, as soon as they possibly can. Um, what about, do you ever do any boxing, Doug? Uh, so I was a kid and I, I think it was around one of the Rockies and uh, we all thought we could box because of, we watched Rocky and we we're all like <laughs> early junior high and we were just punching each other in somebody's basement. And, uh, uh, but I definitely got the, uh, the hulking up moment where I'm like, no, punch me. And I started to hulk up and punch me again. It's like, no, I'm just letting a person hit me. I don't know. So yes. That's wild. I, Cause that's just such a random question, but I was thinking that if you were a boxer, I, I, the name Doug Caro, uh, like the perfect boxer nickname for you would be DKO. <laughs> I, I'm going to use that. You could also that's, be Carol the Pharaoh, maybe. Sure. <laughs> you know, Doug, I didn't say let's spitball boxer names <laughs> for, for Doug Carroll. I came up with the perfect one. That's why I said it. <laughs> Can I ask you guys uh, a question? Oh, sure. This is exciting, Doug. Did We never get asked questions. Because <laughs> I really haven't met many Dougs in my life. And uh, I'm talking from, you know, late 80s, early 90s to now, I do get Dougie Fresh. Do you guys get Dougie Fresh? Oh, yes. I got it. Yeah. Too. It's a fun one for people of all races to leap to. Because, you know, you white people you meet will do it as, you know, cultural appropriation and black people will do it just because they, they don't know any other white Doug references. <laughs> uh, Dougie Doug uh, is, uh, you know, of course, another great one. And uh, he uh, he actually did come on the show, this show. Oh, he's the was- comedian, right? Um, I guess you'd call him that. I mean, he came up in the, in the music world, but he's also like uh, an actor. He was in, uh, you know, uh, cool runnings. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, Dougie fresh is, uh, I do have one friend that insists on calling me that every time he sees me and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drag Pete Holmes name into this because it's, uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't speak well of a person to do that, but he, he loves it. Cause he, like, that's what he likes to latch onto is like, you know, if it, if it potentially is going to irritate me, then that's definitely what he wants to call me. Um, uh, but I, you know, it doesn't bother me. So now it's just me just looking at him like, why do you call me that? Um, <laughs> I didn't earn that E or that fresh. Um, what about, you did say, you sort of, sort of touched on there that, you, that, you know, that you haven't known a lot of Dougs. Have you, uh, you know, as a person, uh, you know, working as much as you do in show business, you must, there must be some behind the scenes, Dougs, the crew members named Doug, or do you, or is that name really just falling out of style? I just, uh, uh, the few times I think, uh, uh, I think I would call them for some reason by their full name. I just couldn't handle calling somebody else just Doug. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I, I've never, I've never been, 
I've gotten somewhat comfortable calling Doug Miller just Doug, but it, it's, you know, we've known each other a while. Like just meeting someone named Doug and being like, what's up, you know, Doug? Hey, Doug. Like it does feel strange to, uh, to do that. When I was on the Olympic show, uh, I talked to uh, a, a crew member who said her name was, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it out, out of turn, uh, was, you know, a, a classic 70s girl's name you don't hear as much anymore. I go, oh, that's kind of nice. She's like, well, I'll tell you something. My partner has the exact same name and it blew my mind just to think that you could be married to somebody with your exact same name. Wow. What are they both? Uh, can we get, if we get it right, if we guess it right, we, I mean, it's just the first name, right? That's not sure. saying too much. Sure. <laughs> sure. Is it, is it, um, cha-cha? <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the first, that's like a 50, what did you say? 50s name? Like from the No, 50s? I said like, that's me, I don't know, 70, how about 70s? This, uh, yeah, me, yes. You want me to give you a cast to pick from? Uh, I just flashed on Greece okay. when you said 70s because it's a movie about the 50s that was, came out in the 70s. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, it's just, it's that, that's interesting that uh, somebody would say that their name, or, you know, that you would say that it was popular in the 70s, but maybe not so much now. Um, what name do you think that would be, Doug? Oh, Probably Doug. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a lady's name, though, right? <laughs> well, there's certain ones that were like, uh, you know, uh, Gen X names that were just like, like so common, like Dave and Jenny. Like, you don't hear those anymore. Yeah, Sarah, Rebecca. Yeah. It's, it's Okay, so which, what was the one that was the coincidence that? It was Sally. Sally. Yeah, Sally. Are there, there's no new Sallys, are there? No. I mean, first of all, it's just, you know, like the crazy thing about Sally is it's, of course, is short for Salamander. And that name, <laughs> that name is completely, you don't hear that one anymore at all. <laughs> what is Sally short for? Is it, is it short for something? It has to be. That, I mean, they make it even shorter. People call them Sally's, they call them Sal sometimes, but... What what's uh, Sally short for? What's Sally? Sally was is Sally one of those dumb ones? It's like a nickname for Susan, like where it doesn't even make sense that leap uh, to Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be, but anyway, that's a good one, Sally. From uh, you know, I mean, Charlie Brown is still a thing, so he still has a little sister named Sally. <laughs> Those kids, Charlie Brown and Lucy and all them, they're supposed to be five years old. I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they're way too smart for five. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they started out five in the very beginning and, and it just sort of evolved into drawing them the same, but they talk like they're 50. They just never grew. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so any other? Do we miss any other Dugs that you've known, Doug um, Caro? Uh, I once, yeah, I, I, I worked with a a, a guy who uh, was a screenwriter, and he did. Uh, he was that was the one I used the full name of for. His name was Doug Ebach, and he wrote some Ruth Witherspoon movie, like a Home Sweet Home or something. And uh, yeah, I always called him Doug Ebach rather than just Doug. Oh, that's a pretty rad name. He didn't write Sweet Home Alabama. It's one of those movies of that era. But there's, I think there's another one where something about 
uh, a, a home, not home alone, but I mean, how dumb would that be if Reese Witherspoon was home alone and she like, you know, is fighting off burglars. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. It's a movie that, uh, I don't even know if I ended up seeing that one, but, uh, Doug Ebock. Yeah. And, uh, how'd you, how'd you interact with him? How'd you know him? That was one of those like uh, early move to LA jobs, trying to figure it out. I worked at a place that did uh, transcripts, and most interesting thing was it was uh, Paramount had this warehouse full of old scripts, and they wanted them all digitized. So they had a software that they would scan it, digitize it, and we would proofread the scans. So you know, my first year or so in LA, I was just reading these old scripts. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. But and was, he he worked he did the same job. Yep. Wow, I can't believe I never uh, fell across that one because I you know I did most of the uh, you know weird entry level jobs uh, you know the L.A. showbiz jobs <laughs> where you where you think you got a foot in it and you kind of do. That's the thing about it. It's strange. Uh, ha- so how? First of all, where'd you move to? Uh, where'd you move from to move to LA? Uh, Chicago. Came, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Went to school in the city of Chicago, and then I came out, drove out, no plan. It was two thousand, so you know I had printed GPS directions, but I didn't have like a iPhone, and drove straight into Santa Monica. Was like I don't, I can't afford any of this. And a few weeks later, I lived in Arcadia, California. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for the listeners, Arcadia is a, it's a couple minutes outside of uh, L.A. proper, but it's it's considered Los Angeles County, right? That borderline, yeah. It's Pas- yeah. it's basically a Pasadena <laughs> suburb, but yeah. Yeah, so it's out there a little bit, but uh, you know, cheaper rent, and you you're you're making a go of it. You're making it happen. Yeah, um, which is you know, it's pretty cool. Like Chicago, I mean, that's a that's a big move where you. Uh, excited about the warm weather was that like a big driving factor or was it mostly just showbiz it was uh it was showbiz it was uh you know uh i studied uh um improv in chicago i grew up in that scene so i was like a teenager at second city and then um went to uh, college, studied screenwriting. So I never really actually studied anything that I could do anything with. So, uh, <laughs> you know, came out here, just stumbled around, uh, wanted, wa- was interested in screenwriting. And then I saw the process and I realized there's, you know, the gap between writing something and somebody hearing it versus that instant gratification of, you know, performing. And uh, the compromise for me ended up being late night, the idea that I could have uh, an idea and it would air across the country that night. Yeah, that stuff is, uh, it can be pretty exciting, uh, but also very, very hard work. Yes. Uh, the uh, very, very long hours and uh, trying to, they try as much as they can to take the fun out of writing things that are fun to write <laughs> uh, because of all the uh, pressures. Like, do you, so now you, I, it feels like you're like more, uh, you know, um, in charge of like you're you're generating projects and running them yourself rather than be working for somebody. It's a little bit of both. Um, I, you know, for my first show I ever did, it was, uh, so I was at 
Conan and uh, one of the writers, it was a time when there was a, so this is a story of my first show. It was, uh, you know, TV goes through trends. I think we're coming off a trend right now where everybody has their own daily show, but uh, it was a time when everybody had their version of the soup. Yeah. <laughs> it was all, all white guys. Every channel had a white guy in front of a green screen. I said to one of the writers, Dion Cole, I was like, Hey man, we should do a, a, a bit on the show where it's a clip show. Sorry. Uh, so we'll do a bit on the show where it's um, uh, a clip show, but it's you hosting clips of white guys in front of green screens. And <laughs> he said, no, we should, we should try to sell our own show. I was like, okay. And you know, we, we workshopped and we did it, but it took two and a half years to get on the air and it lasted six weeks. <sighs> so it, it's kind of um the lesson I learned from it is, you know, always be generating your own material, new shows, because they take forever to get on the air. But also, you know, if you're lucky that so much of the kind of talk showy world stuff actually originates from a, a network level. So it's also jumping on those shows that have been greenlit, but nobody knows how to make, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, I've been watching it uh, out of curiosity, you know, because at first it was like kind of. Uh, exciting to to watch her flail around. I've been watching uh, the Drew Barrymore talk show. Oh, okay. Uh, which, you know, at first she was just, you know, they just had, you know, bad idea after bad idea. And it just like seemed like, she, you know, wow, this show is just going to be a train wreck. And then they just slowly, you know, changed, you know, fixed the course. And, uh, you know, I don't love her as a talk show host, but she's much better at it now than, she, than when she started. Um it's an interesting thing about syndication and talk shows is they tend to get that like a whole year before, uh, before decisions start get made, you know? Absolutely. It's, uh, the models are all changing and everybody's trying to figure out that nobody has really been able to nail the talk show format on a streaming platform because it's, you know, don't want to say, but it's disposable television in a way. So it's, yeah. so, you need yeah. commercial breaks during a t- talk show because you're just sitting there watching talk show, you know, without ever having a chance to get up or, you know, you just, you you just, you know, talk shows what you have on when you're like doing some stuff, you know, like brushing your teeth and getting ready for bed or whatever. That's a John, um, uh, not John Stewart, John Oliver figured out so well, those little people, people don't realize, but those are like little act refreshers. Those, uh, and now this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also just a break from him just yelling, you know, (laughs) he's so passionate about, you know, every week on that show, it's like, you know, the jokes are great and his, you know, and his delivery is, you know, great, but it's also like, you know, sometimes it leaves me sadder than when I started uh, because of how heavy the issues are that he takes on. And then, you know, he's got to move on to the next thing next week, you know? Um, I do love when there's a follow-up though, especially when they do something silly and they, you know, follow up on, I got to actually see in person all that, uh, all that uh, weird Russell Crowe memorabilia they gave to the uh, blockbuster in, in Bend, Oregon. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> fact, I guess it's still there in that blockbuster. Like, like it's just, just like a mus- little museum in the middle of the store. Uh, it's that silly John Oliver bit. Um <laughs> But anyway, I digress as we, as us Dougs have a tendency to do. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't say that Dougs have a tendency to do anything because I really don't see any uh, consistency in, uh, 
in people that are that are named Doug. Do you have any favorite Dougs like in uh, show business that you haven't necessarily worked with, but that you're aware of? You know, I because I asked my my uh, parents, you know, like who am I named after, and they're like uh, Douglas Fairbanks, and it's kind of very passively. There's a mystery to that. I don't know yet because it, <laughs> it's such a non-committal thing, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, apparently I'm named after Douglas Fairbanks. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, your, your parents were just really into swashbuckling. <laughs> my father, my father is, he loves, uh, the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. He loves that movie. Oh, well, then why didn't they name you Errol? That's a great, <laughs> I'd take that. That's Errol, a cool name. Errol Carroll would be like, that'd be hard. Oh my God. To people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when your first name begins, you know, when your last name begins, your first name ends. <laughs> hey, I'm Errol Carroll. <laughs> Errol Carroll. Sounds like you don't know how to pronounce your own name. <laughs> yeah, that would be a coffee name headache for sure. Yeah, Errol is just uh, that one's moved on for good reason. I don't think anyone's <laughs> named Errol anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one to retire. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, what are, what are the who are the big dogs? I mean, obviously, you've kind of probably talked about this at great length, but I'm just who are the uh, Doug Eubanks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's you know we discovered there's a lot of them in sports and a lot of them in politics. And, you know, and then there's a few, few big ones over the years, like, especially if you go Douglas as a last name, then you get some real movie stars. You have Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas. Um, but yeah, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. seems to be the biggest movie, Doug, that there's been in, in history. And I think there's a reason for that. I think Doug is a hard name to, uh, you know, pull off as like a big sexy movie star lead actor. Yeah. I, I think just the, the whole conceit of your podcast is really just interesting because I do think there is a certain amount of uh, you know, there's a national conversation about how representation is so important. And of course it is. And I don't want to confuse that with just the name Doug, but I will say whenever I saw heard the name Doug, my ears would perk up. I'd be like, Oh, that's my favorite. Like, I think there was a <laughs> sidekick on blossom or one of those. <laughs> character's name was Doug. No, it was my two dads. My two dads. The guy's name is Doug. I'm like, this is a great character. <laughs> it does get, you know, I wonder if people with names that more like, does a guy who's named John, does he like perk up every time he hears a character named John? And that would be exhausting. But like with Doug, it does happen rarely enough. And it's always tends to be like a comedic thing. Like, Oh, here comes Doug, you know? And, uh, and the people, somebody rolls their eyes. Um, but it is still exciting when, whenever it happens, um, Craig Robinson plays a character named Doug Judy, which is, that's hilarious too. Oh that's yeah. Last, last name is Judy, Doug Judy on uh, Brooklyn nine, nine. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely try to get him on this show as an honorary Doug. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And then of course, you know, there's the animated Doug. So that was, that's the one that pops into a lot of people's minds when they hear the name doug doogie yeah. also doogie yeah uh, um okay so one more quick thing before we go to our uh, commercial break and that is uh the second gentleman doug emhoff we've been talking to all of our guests and as a producer maybe you can uh, you know give us uh some insight that might be helpful 
how would you go about trying to get him on a podcast? Uh, now, who's he again? You know, the second gentleman. He's, you know, uh, married to Kamala Harris, the vice president. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, of course, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. See, again, not only is his, his name Doug, but he's also the he's the first he's the first, uh, you know, husband of a, a vice president. Right. In, in in history. Well, I would say um, so. My advice would be to uh, uh, timing. Timing would be key. So I mean, <laughs> when 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 the next election comes up, that's when you can get him. Uh-huh. He's going to be really out there pounding the pavement to get. Yeah. Uh, to get Biden and Harris reelected. That's that's when people start popping up on like local cable access, whatever. Just just make sure the itinerary is packed. So, I mean, this sh- this uh, this advice appeals to the lazy side of me because now I can just let this go for a few years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's down the line. Yeah. Uh, but we've got five and five questions for the one and only Doug Caro. And we're going to do that after the break. We'll be right back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We are back. And before we get to the five and five questions, uh, that really is the, like, you know, the centerpiece of this show. Um, would you mind, uh, we would like you to, Eat some leftovers. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Our last guest on the show. If you've heard the show, you, you've heard that this happens. We're already way behind on today's show. Like we always tend to be. Um, our guest last time was a gentleman. His name's Matt Belknap, and he works with Jimmy Pardo on the Never Not Funny uh, podcast. And he produces, uh, he's one of the producers of this podcast. And also one of my other podcasts, Doug Loves Movies. Uh, so he was our guest, and we didn't get to his questions. So if you don't mind, we're just going to run them by you, Doug, and uh, and then we can get to uh, the questions that we prepared for you. Fair enough. <laughs> I really appreciate your uh, <laughs> your enthusiasm for this. Of course, you can answer, you know, whatever you think he would answer or whatever you would want to answer. You know, it's, it's, it's all up to you. It's The questions are to you, but about him. And uh, Doug, go ahead and give Doug the first first question. Doug to Doug. Doug on Doug action. Uh, how okay, many... No <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's <kind of> weird. <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> uh, how many words in a day would you think Jimmy Pardo says? Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. What a question. <laughs> In a day, uh, like midnight to midnight. Yeah, twenty-four hour cycle. Twenty-four hours. Okay, so he's probably sleeping the first five or six hours. Then he's awake, yapping to the wife and the kid. 
all day long. I mean, where do they, they don't, none of them leave the house. I bet. Um, uh, what do you think? If, if I can answer in percentages, I would say four times the average. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like that's one of those things. If you told just what's a normal, how many words does a normal person say a day? I don't know. Right. I'd have yeah, to I guess if you think of a Jimmy Pardo sentence versus, versus one of us talking right now, like the speed is probably four times. Yeah, he's getting in a few more words, but also maybe, therefore, he's also being quiet more than, than other people. <laughs> maybe. Because he gets it out so quickly when he does speak. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would like to know, you know, that's something I would like to look up if there is just some sort of ballpark number of average number of words a person speaks in, in a day of uh, average life. I mean, obviously, there's so many variables uh, you know, so it'd have to be like very, very as average as you could possibly get. Yeah. I'll tell my, my, my three second uh, story on, on Pardo, who I, I love because we worked together at Conan and um, it was at the tonight show. And a lot of things were just kind of kicking off uh, podcast, Twitter, all that. And uh, I saw him and I went, Hey, I was on Twitter and I saw somebody saying that they really liked your podcast and he was like, you realize it's the like, number one podcast in America. It's, I'm a big deal. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, he was just, uh, we, uh, I love him. And we shared a love of Bozo. No way. <laughs> yeah, we both love Bozo. And I, and I would, uh, to mention Danielle, I would uh, set her son up with, I had all these old 70s Bozo cartoons. So they would call him Tiny Bozo. Boy, that 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 really felt like it was an interesting story, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about Tiny Bozo. I think that's a fun hashtag to get started for no reason. Just, just hashtag Tiny Bozo. People will be like, oh, what's that about? Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, the Jimmy's saying that he's a big deal and he's got the number one podcast. He's got like he just has these things that he says that he just says them every time, uh, you know, certain questions get asked and, uh, and they're, they're all hilarious. Like he's just so, uh, he's amazing. So, so funny. Yeah. So funny. Never not funny. Of course, is what he calls <laughs> his podcast. And so my first question to you, uh, Matt Belknap via Doug Caro is as a, a co-host on never not funny. How often have you caught, Jimmy Pardo being not funny. <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I believe if it was him, I'd, I'd say never just because your job's kind of on the line. Right. You know, he's right there in the title too. Yeah. But so you're officially saying he's never funny. No, he's, he's never, <laughs> you're on the record. <laughs> wait, wait a second. No, you heard it here first. Well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he's uh uh I, we you know never not funny is a is a lot of nerve to call your podcast that and but then he can actually back it up agreed agreed and 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 the things he does with that smile network are really great oh yeah i love smile train um it's a great charity uh i've raised money for them over the years just for you know just by doing stuff with uh with jimmy and then uh, other places that I've found where, you know, if somebody's having an uh, opportunity where I can, uh, you know, like I'll auction off a seat as a guest on Douglas movies 
And, uh, you know, there's some fans that are willing to pay a pretty good amount for that. And then it's, it's a great charity because, you know, they fix, uh, children's, you know, uh, birth defects where they have, uh, uh, you know, problems with their, uh, palate and their, their mouths. And, uh, they give them these surgeries that fix their, their face up real nice. And, uh, it's like $250 per surgery. So like, you know, if you donate or raise like 500 or a grand, you know, you, you just know the number of children you're helping. And it's just, I don't know why that's important to me, but there's so many charities where it doesn't, it, you, you don't, you don't feel like, you know, what your money's going to, or, or how much of it is going to that, the actual I know, I know exactly what you mean. Everybody has a, has an in-law that's, that's going jogging and you have to support them and you just, okay, I have to, you know, you just check a box and you don't even know what it was, but for that, you just really, you feel like Jimmy is not, uh, it's not something he's, it's not an excuse that he's getting people. He's using a charity excuse to get people together, have a thing. It is something he, he believes in and it's a, it's a good cause. And you see that he is committed to it. Yeah. And I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got to mention it. Doug, go ahead with your next question. Next question. Uh, I was going to ask Matt as a producer of podcasts, how, uh, what drives you craziest during a recording, a silence, a beard scratch noise or an echo? Oh man. Maybe producer Ryan could chime in too. I'm just curious. Can I, can I, can I defer my, my time to producer Ryan? Sure. Yeah. I would say it's the beard scratch noise. That's, that's the most annoying. (laughs) It's yeah, a, it's like beard scratchers don't they don't realize they're a beard scratcher and when you call them on it they're all like that it wasn't me like they're shaggy and then uh you know then they do it again and like you know it's just because it's it's involuntary they're not thinking about scratching their their beard uh, i'll see if i can recreate it Hold on. oh there it is oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, sometimes it sounds like uh, somebody's just playing with uh, poker chips. Um, but yeah, that's an annoying. Like when sirens happen, that's good. they're going to end pretty soon. Generally, sirens sure. are just you know they don't just park somewhere and leave the siren on, and then. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I said silence. Silence. Oh, silence, Bob. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said sirens. Um, what was the third thing? Oh, echo. Yeah. Which happens in the age of Zoom, for sure. You just got to live with the echo thing sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you're right. The, that that beard noise that he just recreated, it, it really is like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Right now, somebody sounds like they're leaning back in a, a, a creaky chair. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could hear that creak. That's so annoying. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. It was funny that you were talking about noises. <laughs> while all right. Here's my next question. Uh, tell us why the comedy album company that you co-founded is called a special thing records. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. So, so this really does put you in a pickle here. Uh, a special thing. <laughs> my, the, the comedy album. Um, it was uh, lost a bet. How about that? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, that's what I actually know the answer to. So I I don't know if that's cheating to say what, uh, what he would have said. What would he say? No, it's, I think he might even have talked about it on the episode he was on. Um, It's, uh, 
there's a song, a Tenacious D song called A Special Thing or or a lyric, A Special Thing, but it's a Tenacious D reference. So uh, it just started off as such a small uh, site that he started a, like a like a fan site for Tenacious D, but it built up into a comedy site. And then from there, it built up into a, a you know record label and then podcasts and t-shirts and all sorts of nonsense so uh yeah but they're called it's a special thing records that's cool yeah did we get that right ryan gave them a nice plug oh you know yeah 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 that's that that all tracks (laughs) (laughs) yeah and ryan is uh you know works with matt uh but isn't involved in never you're not involved in never not funny in any way right I, no. I'm I'm not, but they um, occasionally will yell at me through the through the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number three from Doug Mallard. All right. Uh, do you uh, or can you? Just curious. <laughs> effectively, take a fifteen-minute nap. Oh yeah. Totally. Like, does that does that refresh you? I'm I, I don't know why I'm a power napper. I don't need like really? a long time. I just five ten minutes ten solid minutes. I'm, I'm good. Do you actually fall asleep in that period or depends how tired I am? But yeah, I could just sometimes just it turn. Yeah, I'm trying to get better about it, but it's so hard. Like I need like a good thirty minutes at least. I feel like I feel like fifteen minutes is just your brain can't shut down effectively in fifteen minutes. Or it gets there and then it's over. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like you got any rest. Right. Yeah. I sometimes feel worse, but it always fascinates me when people can actually do it. Oh, good on you, man. That can actually get you keep it keep it on. That's great. People on TV and movie sets are, you know, since the hours are so long, they'll like, you know, they'll take like a half half of their lunch hour to just find a spot and, you know a lot of times even just sitting up, just fall asleep for a little bit. And, uh, I just, I just come out of it too groggy. Like it just takes forever to recover. (laughs) I just, I just need to steam through, you know, maybe, and maybe have a real nap in the afternoon, like a real, you know, six, seven hours, uh, (laughs) starting around, starting around three (laughs) o'clock. Perfect. Um, is that your dog, Doug? Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go grab her. Uh, I was asking the other Doug. Oh, uh, that's my dog. <laughs> if, it was, if, if it was Doug Caro's dog, I was, I'd be excited because I want to talk about your dog. But it's just Doug's dog, yeah. which is a good dog. He's a good dog. <laughs> no, I've never had a dog. Never? No, I I got soured on the pet experience young. It was uh, my sister was like in elementary school and they gave her hamsters or gerbils. And for some reason they put them outside my door and we didn't realize it was pregnant. And uh, apparently those things tend to eat their young. I just every day would walk by and see, you know, Oh God. And then I had two birds and one bird (laughs) killed the other bird. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm good on bird uh, pets. I'm good on pets. (laughs) Oh man. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's what it is. 
I mean, it works out all right that like, you know, uh, there's so many people with pets out there in the world. They'll just, you know, that you can enjoy other people's pets. You know, if you like petting a dog or, you know, uh, playing fetch or whatever, but, uh, um, that's interesting that the never, the just, cause I haven't had one as an adult just cause I don't want to, I, I don't want to have a pet while I, uh, traveling all the time. Oh, sure. You know, that's my reason, but I, you know, and then my second reason would be, I don't, I don't want to be in charge of anything, any other living things, shit schedule. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes my my aunt had a cat and to this day i'm still trying to figure out because the cat disappeared and i'm still not sure but i think it might have been on my watch like i was supposed to be watching it oh, oh no. no but uh yeah it was like uh it was like uh i would house it for her when she would leave town she'd leave town for months and the the, the cat was definitely something you had to you do the kitty letter and all that like yeah well, that's no fun yeah, well, I'm really, I'm glad you've moved on and not, and you haven't, you don't have any pets because it doesn't sound safe for, for them or for you. Uh, I was going to ask, I was going to ask Matt just to be silly. I was going to say, how many kids do you have? Because I, I already know the answer to that one. But uh, how many kids do you think Matt has? Oh, uh, he probably has. That's a, that's a okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he works year round, so he's got some money, but, uh, he, uh, you know, he's a little bit, he has, he takes the lower status. So he probably has a good marriage and, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say three. Uh, incorrect. Oh, okay. That's so close. <laughs> 16. He has 16 kids. Yeah. <laughs> you were close. You were close in the way that you said a number out loud. And the answer is also a number. No, it's just, uh, it's two, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'd get into like, you know, what he named his kids and why he gave them those names. Um, <laughs> you know, cause that, that's all of that's So interesting, uh, to me, especially considering how, uh, you know, how the Doug seems to be like an endangered species. Oh yeah, for sure. What do you got, Doug? Number four. Do you have a phobia or phobias? Uh, geez. I mean, I don't like eggs. I don't know if that's a phobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not afraid of them. You just don't enjoy how they taste. Yes. That would be a weird phobia. Yeah. Not, are you grossed out by them? Like, like does the smell bother you? It, I think it's the texture. Something happened where I ate them as a kid and just one day I was like, started gagging. I'm just like, my body just halfway through, you know, I like them. Oh, and then one I, day I, mean, I was like, I was like, nope, I don't like this. Yeah. Well, based on what we know about you, I feel like that, that the uh, bird that laid that egg disappeared shortly thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> That's very scarring. You know, you want to, you want to see, you want to be comforted by the chicken still being alive. Um, that's a good, I, I wish I didn't like eggs. I mean, there's things I don't like that I'm grateful. I don't like them because they're just a, you know, a thing that I'd have all the time and that aren't necessarily uh, good for you, you know? Um, Jeez. 
but eggs really got like for a while there, they were going hard on eggs. Like if you had eggs every day, you're just going to ruin your heart and it's the worst. And then suddenly a corner was turned and people don't talk about eggs being a bad thing anymore. So uh, I hope that they've come to their senses and it's not just that they're just tired of telling us. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. 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 Cause uh, there's a whole dance between, well, is it the yolk or is it the egg white or is it the, yeah, they, they'd, uh, a lot, of, a lot of studies on that. Yeah, and I fooled around with egg white omelets for a while, but then I stopped hearing about how bad eggs are for you, and I'm like, I'm back to regular uh, omelets, you know, because, like, uh, it's egg whites. It's, it doesn't taste very good. <laughs> I, I can I see it. No, I, I, uh, I, I tried everything, and I, I occasionally will kind of, like, shovel one down just to try to feel like I'm a normal person. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's a, you know, people think of it as a treat. Like I'll say, you know, put an egg on it. You know, when I get like a burger or something, uh, we just had the other night, me and my girlfriend had some pasta that had a, a egg, you know, just a you know, yellow egg yolk there sitting in the middle and you, you know, you poke at it till it bursts open and then you get uh, egg flavor all over your uh, noodles. Oh, if people like it, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel about the things I don't like. I'm just like, yeah, and other people can like it all they want. Uh, it's not going to affect my life. Um, but I definitely get, feel like, you know, I, I like, I'm, 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 you know, you go out to brunch and something, nothing comes without an egg. So I definitely feel like a weirdo. Yeah, it is a weird thing that I like. It's like not liking, it's just like, I don't eat bread. I don't, I can't stand it. People will be like, what? How can that even... But I guess, yeah, eggs are real. I didn't like them when I was a kid. I had to turn a corner on eggs and uh, suddenly get in the game. And then once I was in, I could eat eggs at every meal. I love them so much. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, Doug. I just, I'm really trying to, I'm just trying to show that the Dougs can be so different from one another. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the same. We're not. I mean, we got three Dougs talking here right now. One loves eggs. One does not like eggs. And the other one doesn't have a strong feeling about it. I'm, I'm right in the middle on eggs. <laughs> Here's a, just asking as you guys are experts on the topic. Is it, is it strictly a Caucasian name? Have you met other nationality Dougs? Uh, well, it's definitely like, uh, you know, I don't think it's spreads out over other nationalities. We've talked before about how there's no translation. Doug doesn't translate in a lot of languages. There's not like a, uh, a, although now that I think about it, my, you know, my Spanish teacher called me Esteban, but why didn't he just call me Diego? I know Diego isn't a direct translation of Doug, but a little closer by a lot, actually. It's so close. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I'd like to. If I could make a time machine, go back and tell my Spanish teachers, uh, <laughs> hey, pump the brakes on this Esteban shit. You can call me Diego. <laughs> That'd be great. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, people of color named Doug. Um, maybe, you know, but yeah, I don't know what it is. It's not a strictly white name, but it sure is uh, sure is leaning in that direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What am I thinking? We covered so many of the uh, other Dougs. Dougie Fresh, Dougie Doug, all that. Sure, sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sorry to say that we've run out of time. Uh, we've oh, done it again. We have to. You're going to have to listen to the next show 
Doug Caro, if you Oh, like, my questions. No. Okay. What we were going to ask you. Yeah. You, I'll we'll have to ask tune whoever in. the next guest is uh, your questions before we get to their questions. Uh, it's a never ending cycle. Would you like to? We can re we can replug the thing that you got coming out in February with Snoop Dogg. Wait, is Snoop Dogg in the thing in February? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it called again? Uh, it's called So Dumb It's Criminal. <laughs> uh, okay, and that's that's going to be uh, out on Peacock in February. Is there anything else you'd like to plug that you've been uh, working on? Uh, no, just. Uh... Just uh, want to say uh, I, I've enjoyed your your stuff for so long. It's a treat to be on here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, that's awesome of you to say. Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. you know when Danielle said you should get Doug Carroll on, I looked at the old uh, Twitter and saw that you were following, so it was easy to reach out. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you being here, Doug Miller. Do you have a uh, what do you got to promote? Uh, I've made uh, a feature film for the first time in quarantine at the weirdest part of quarantine was my friend, Joe Ahern, uh, writer, director, and star, and a good editor friend, Dan Riddle. It's got music from the Octopus Project, incredible band. They did the score and a lot of talented people, uh, including maybe a little uh, pop in from you. And it's playing right now, virtually in the Portland film festival. If you want to check it out. Oh, nice. Portland. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. It was, uh, we made it for about $7 and a couple KFC coupons. It was like the tiniest and safest, you know, a lot of people were making stuff then and breaking all the rules. We, it was, we painstakingly did everything correct. Uh, What's it called? It's called the disappearance of Toby Blackwood. And, uh, and we just learned, we got into the Maui film festival here in a couple weeks. So you'll be able to oh. see it here as well. So, Maui. Yeah, so uh, give it a watch at portlandfilm.org if you want to check it out. We're still, uh, we're still, it's still not even complete yet, but you can check it out now if you want to. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I got all my dates at douglasmovies.com, but this Saturday is uh, San Diego. We're doing a Douglas Movies taping. And then um, on Saturday, November 13th, uh, both Doug Mellard and Doug Benson, yeah, both, both of the wide worlds of Doug's, Doug's are going to do stand up at uh, Warehouse Live in Houston, Texas, at uh, four twenty in the afternoon. We'll be really, really effed up by six seven p.m., which is <laughs> you know, which is where you want to be on a Saturday night. You want to be trashed before eight o'clock, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thank you again to Doug Caro. You're yeah, a terrific you, guest, man. It was very nice to meet you. Thanks so and, much, uh, and uh, thanks for all the good work you're doing for the Dugs. Oh, <laughs> you know, we're trying to help. I don't know if we're helping or hurting Dugs, but uh, you know, we're going to try to keep this uh, Doug train rolling. And uh, as always, only Dugs in the building.